Hello and welcome to the THP Online Community Podcast. Today, we'll be taking a look at a very popular verse that you guys have heard time after time. A verse that simply states that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But what does that verse actually mean? What if we told you that that verse has probably been taken out of context in your life more times than you'd like to admit? Join us today as our lead pastor, Scott Etheridge, unpacks this verse and reveals to us the truth behind it. I want to encourage you guys to really lean in and listen and interact with us. You can give us feedback at mediahub at thpstreetport.com or visit our website, thpstreetport.com, where you can have links to all of our social media, our YouTube channel, and have other key resources to get plugged in and take your next step with God. All that being said, let's get into today's conversation. Hey there, everyone. Listen, we are going to dive right into this week's promise. You know, last week we were talking about being a new creation in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, being new. All old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. And this week we are going to talk about something that is so deep, something that if we can get it, and we're going to talk about a promise that has been pulled out of context so much, it's used by athletes, it's used by actors, it's used by singers, it's used by entertainers, it's used by pretty much anyone and all types of different people, but yet it's pulled out of context, and I know that I've done it myself. I've said this at times, and not even realizing what I was really saying was really out of the context of of what the promise was. So we're in Philippians, right? So we're in the book of Philippians chapter 4. And so if you'll just go there right now, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 is where we're going to be. And we're going to kind of be in some different parts of of Philippians today. But Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. So just kind of get there. Our moderators are helping you, putting it there. Philippians 4 13. And uh, we're going to read this together, all right? And this is very familiar to some of you. Maybe some of you haven't heard this before, but maybe most of you that have been in church uh, or been a part of church, you've probably heard this before. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Some versions say, who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Me Now, that's a great promise unto itself. And, man, we pull that up, put it up on the wall. It's great. I can do all things. Let's say that I'm a, I'm a basketball player and I'm shooting 35% from the, from the free throw line. Terrible. But I'm standing at the line and I'm going, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. I can do all things. And all of a sudden I hit two and I'm like, yes, I can do all things through Christ. I, I, was, I was a horrible, but now I hit two in a row. I can do all things. That sounds great, but really it's kind of taken out of the context. And that's really not the meaning that we need to be taken from that. Because when Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, This is not a time that is awesome. It's not an amazing time. It's not one of those, hey, I can do all things through Christ. I've just done all these amazing things. Things are not going well for Paul here, right? So you guys know the drill. Man, whenever we bring a verse or we bring a promise, 
we're going to bring the context of it, like what's going on. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm reading something, I want to know, okay, like what's going on here? Where are they? What's happening? Who's in the scene that I'm reading? Like what is really going on? And here's what's happening. Paul, things are not going well for Paul. He's in prison. He's not even with them. He's sending correspondence to them to to encourage them. His reputation is being attacked. This is Paul. His reputation is being attacked. Um, His ministry work, is some of it is being undone by others, and then they're taking the credit for it. He's unable to see the ones that he, that he loves. It seems like he's actually been forgotten. You know, his, his ministry was kind of on this plateau, and even though people were coming against him, man, all these people were hearing the message of Jesus, but now it seems like there's a decline in the quote-unquote ministry, and he's unable to do anything. Have you ever been in a scenario where you, you, you longed to be with somebody or you longed to do something, but there was just nothing you could do? Like maybe for some of you, you're right there right now. Like there are situations in your life that are going on and there are some things you can do for those, but there are some situations that there's absolutely nothing you can do. Listen, are you there right now? Listen, if you're there right now, say, hey, wow, Scott, that's that's me. Like that's me. There, There are some things going on that really I can't do anything about. And when those times happen, here's what can come against us, discontentment. You know, when you can't do anything, all of a sudden now you're discontent. When you can't do anything about it, all of a sudden bitterness starts coming. And now we start getting angry and we start getting mad. And not only are we mad at God, but now we begin to take it out on those that are closest to us. And they didn't even have anything to do with it. But we begin to take it out on them just because they're available. Listen, have you ever like had an outburst on somebody that, that it wasn't even their fault, but they were just kind of available? Maybe the person that you really wanted to have the outburst on, maybe they weren't in the same state as you, but somebody was right there with you and they were just available. Do you see how discontentment and all of these things, Paul is in this scenario. This is what's going on. So he's not like, hey, I can do all things through Christ. There's a context. There's a context. So look at what he says in verse 11. Not that I speak in regard to need, right? What's he saying here? Well, he's already told them, listen, you've been generous, and man, God bless you guys, and man, I've rejoiced in the Lord greatly, and you have cared for me, and and all of that. And he said, there were times that you didn't, but it wasn't because you didn't care. It was because you didn't have the opportunity. It's not because you didn't want to. You just didn't have the opportunity. But you've been so generous to me. But now he says in verse 11, Not that I speak in regard to need. I'm not telling you these things because I have a need. For I have learned. Now, I'm thinking about Paul here, right? He says, for I have learned. That is so comforting to me that Paul says, I haven't arrived yet. Like, I have learned. Even Paul, this guy who was so smart, so intellectual, theologically, he was super smart. He was super intelligent. He was, he was very learned. He was schooled. All these things, a super intelligent man. But he says, not in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Now, he's not saying here, hey, I'm just going to settle for less because that, you know, da 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 false humility. He's saying, listen, whatever state I am in, to be content. 
but I had to learn it. Man, some of you are super discouraged right now, and you're discouraged because you're thinking, you know, I should know this by now. I, I, should, be, I should be past this right now. Well, guess what? You can learn, right? You can learn. You can grow today. You can start right where you are today, and you can take a step, and you can learn. Paul says, listen, it's not about need. I'm not writing to you about need. Whatever state I'm in, I have learned to be content. Then in verse 12, he says, I know how to be abased. What does that mean? That means to be disgraced. And it literally means to be humiliated. So he says, I know how to be humiliated and be okay. And I know how to abound. I know how to be okay and content even when I'm launching out and there's this amazing victory. Everywhere and in all things, verse 12, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Then he said, here's my secret. How, do, how did I learn to do that? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. What's the secret, Paul? How have you learned? I can do all things through Christ. And that terminology, through Christ, is better translated in Christ. I have learned in Christ to be okay. To be okay. I know sometimes we say, hey, it's okay not to be okay. But really in the kingdom, that's not okay. It's not okay to be not okay. Why? Because that means we're not in Christ. Because in Christ, I have learned that no matter if I'm up here or I'm down here, I'm okay. What's your secret, Scott? In Christ. I have learned in Christ, in my identity in Jesus. Listen, how we handle disappointment is the test of whether our ambitions are selfish or godly. Really, Paul is talking to the Philippians about ambitions. Like some of you, you're just trying to get gain, and there are others that are coming in, and they're trying to undo what I have done, what I've spoken into you, and they're doing it for selfish gain. It's not godly ambition. It's selfish ambition. And so now he's telling them, listen, how you handle disappointment is going to be the test of whether you're ambitious. There's nothing wrong with ambitions as long as they are godly ambitions. How we handle disappointment is the test of whether our ambitions are selfish or godly. Paul's ambitions were rooted in Christ. So what does that mean? Well, here's a couple things that I want to give you today. Number one, Paul found his approval in Christ. That's where his approval came from. Like his approval rating or his, uh, you know, you, you Google these things and they have a rating on all these things. You go to certain websites and they will tell you what the best restaurant is or what the reviews for this are. Or you may be going to another state or you may be going on a trip and you click on and see what the rating is, their approval rating is. Or maybe it's a, uh, an Airbnb or whatever it is, we look for the approval rating. Well, thank God that we don't have to look at that in our humanity because our approval cannot come from any of those other things. It will never be good enough. That's why it is our approval in Christ, our standing in Christ. In Philippians 3, 
verse 8, Paul says, Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. He's like, that's the only thing that matters to me, that I can gain Christ. And then he says, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, that I may know him. Paul found his approval in Christ. We say it here all the time, and I just realized just right now I'm wearing the shirt. Be who God created you to be. Like, be who God created you to be. Listen, God didn't create you to be an alcoholic or a drug addict or a liar or a thief. God created you in his image to be a reflection of him to the world. Be who God created you to be. One of the terminologies that we use for that is restored identity, that you are brought back in, you are born again, that old things pass away and all things are new. Paul's ambitions were rooted in Christ What does that mean? He found his approval in Christ. Secondly, Paul knew what he deserved. Now, this is key right here, okay? Everybody lean in. Just do me a favor right now. If you're you're on your phone, device, TV, YouTube, Facebook, whatever platform, whatever device, lean in. Just literally lean in right now. Come on, Dallas, lean in right now. The people that are in this room are leaning in right now. We're literally leaning in, okay? We're leaning in. Paul knew what he deserved. See, when we complain, we are saying this, I deserve better than I have. When we complain, we are saying, I deserve better than I have. Guess what I have found out? Everything I have is grace. Man, everything I have is grace. I deserve an eternity apart from God. No, you don't, Scott. Man, you're nice. You're you're cool. You're good. No, I'm not. In Scott, I am not. I am not good. There may be some decent traits about me, but I am not good to my core. But in Christ, I am more than a conqueror. I am good in Christ because now I can go to the Father Because I've been cleansed, I'm new. Like I don't have to send somebody else for me. I don't have to stand behind a curtain between me and God, but now I get to boldly come before his throne because I'm not in Scott, I'm in Christ. I don't have what I deserve. Thank God for that. I don't have what I deserve because that's an eternity apart from God. But thank God he's not promised me that. He's promised me an eternity with him. Listen, we don't compare our situations with others. We don't compare our situation with someone else's situation. We don't compare ourselves with this or this or this. You know, so many times when you talk about like going on a mission trip, here's what ends up happening. I've been for the last 20 some odd years, I've been all over the world and I've taken people all over the world and I've went with people all over the world. And what ends up happening is before you leave, you kind of think, you know what, man, Things could be better for me. Like, I deserve better. But then all of a sudden, you're in the middle of some third world country, and you see they don't have anything. And you know what ends up 
always happening on the way back. Man, I am so rich. Man, I have everything. Man, I have so much more. And that sounds good, but here's what we've just done. We've compared our situation with someone else's situation that was worse than ours. And we don't use that comparison. Because now we start thinking, okay, deserve. What do I deserve? Well, guess what? We compare our current situation with what our sins deserve. And when we do that, listen, my sin, you know what I deserve? I deserve an eternity apart from God. But guess what? In Jesus, He has promised me that I don't have to spend eternity apart from Him. That's what I compare. I'm not comparing to somebody who lives in this neighborhood, somebody less than me, somebody above me, because guess what? That means I always have to obtain something or I always have to give something away to measure up, down or up. But in Christ, in Christ, right, I don't have to think about those things. Paul knew what he deserved. Paul was like, listen, I'll give it all up to gain what? Christ. In Christ. And then here's how we know Paul's ambitions were godly. Paul trusted God. In chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, he says, Be anxious for nothing. And I know in 2021 this seems crazy. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. Paul trusted God. This sounds crazy because Paul is in prison. And remember, his situation is terrible. It is not good. Things are not going well. People are not speaking well of him. Things that he had sacrificed for are being torn down. People he discipled are being deceived. But Paul trusted God. Let me ask you this question. What if what is best for the kingdom of God is not what seems best for you personally? What if what is best for the kingdom of God is not what seems best for you personally? See, that's where sacrifice comes in. It even comes to what we're praying for. Are you praying today for an expected outcome that you've already predetermined? Well, guess what? That's probably not the will of God. And we've been instructed not to pray for our desired expectation or outcome, but we've been instructed to pray in line and according to the will of God. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, are you willing for God to do what's best for the kingdom even though it may hurt for a while for you personally? See, can you rejoice when everything's not going great? I think about John the Baptist. Man, this guy exploded onto the scene even as a baby. His dad prophesies. His dad couldn't speak for almost a year. And all of a sudden, his mouth opens and he prophesies about this child. And John the Baptist would be a forerunner. He would go before Jesus and he would preach the gospel and he would declare Jesus was coming and the Lamb of God and repent and all those things. And man, it was incredible. 
He didn't go to Jerusalem to preach. He preached in the wilderness, and people came to him. I mean, it was, it was wild. Religious Pharisees and Sadducees were coming out to the wilderness to hear this guy preach. They hated him, but they were coming to hear him preach because it was so different. There was something about this guy that was different. But yet he ends up in jail wondering if Jesus has forgotten him. His cousin the one that he has prepared the way for, has Jesus forgotten me? And in the words of John the Baptist, he says, he must increase, I must decrease. And you know what John was saying? Listen, what's best for the kingdom of God may not help me personally, but it will be to my benefit in eternity. Paul was decreasing but yet Jesus was being magnified. Paul was in prison, yet Jesus was being preached, and Jesus was being magnified. Paul had all manner of things that came against him, and in every single instance, Jesus was being magnified. People were being healed. People were being delivered. People were being saved. People were then preaching the gospel. People were then going out everywhere and speaking the name of Jesus and preaching the gospel of Jesus through Paul's hardship are you willing for that to happen in your life see here's the awesome thing and here's what i want you to focus on today god will use all our disappointment our failure and our hurts our fears our anxieties he will actually use those things for his glory he will use those very things to defeat the enemy that tried to bring those things against you That, my friends, is called victory. The fact that God will use the very thing the enemy tried to use to destroy us is amazing. Resurrection power. Dave Harvey says it like this. Let us not accept the world's definition of success. It says always abounding and increasing and has no room for he must increase even though I must decrease. You see, here's the kicker. Paul's joy was beyond the touch of the enemy. Paul's joy was beyond the touch of the enemy because Paul's joy wasn't predicated on anything that the world had to offer. It wasn't tied to what home he was living in, what car he was driving, what job he had, what spouse he had, what kids he had, the career that he had. None of that gave him his joy. His joy was in Christ. I have learned in whatever scenario I'm in, up, down, good, bad, to be content. What's your secret, man? I can do all things through Christ, in Christ that gives me strength. Paul's joy was beyond the touch of the enemy. He could rejoice in all things. Up, down, I'm rejoicing. Good, bad, I'm rejoicing. Abased, humiliated, disgraced, I'm rejoicing. Lifted up, talked about, celebrated, I'm rejoicing. I'm not rejoicing because all things are good. I'm not depressed because all things are bad. I'm rejoicing in all things because God is good and it is in Jesus that I have the victory. I can do all things through Christ. What do you have to have? What do you have to have to be content? What do you have to have in your life to be fulfilled? Some people think it's 
this certain person or this certain scenario or this certain job. And if that's your definition of being content, you will never be content. You will never be settled in your heart because it will always be something or someone else. But when it's in Christ, it doesn't matter what's going on. You know what? I have found the end of my ambition in Christ. And make no mistake about it, I have had selfish ambitions in my life, not just before Jesus, but after Jesus. I've had insecurities. I've had jealousies. Listen, on campus, we're really transparent and frank, and I think sometimes people think that if you come online, it's, it's man, they're just acting. They probably had somebody put some makeup on Scott and tone that head down just a little bit and do all that. Now he's just going to kind of be the surface. No, no, no. I've had insecurities of my own calling, my own anointing, my own preaching style, my own my voice, even my voice. I've had insecurities about my voice. Even to this day, I have insecurities about my own voice, the way it sounds, the way it comes across. I have insecurities about my own mannerisms and the way they come across. And, you know, I, I kind of want to be that. I want to be that, that, that coach, that rah-rah guy, but it's not that I'm not encouraging. I'm encouraging. It's just in a different way. And if I'm not careful, then I become discontent in that when God has anointed me to be that way. God hasn't anointed all of us to be the same. And I know that God has a call on my life. Jealousies. Man, I've had jealousies since finding Jesus. What do you mean, Scott? Man, I've had jealousies. I'll look at other churches or other leaders, and I'll look at them and go, man, like look at how they deal with that, or look at that church, or look at this, or look how they communicate. Or, and then all of a sudden I'm filled with my insecurities and then jealousies, and now I'm discontent with what God has given me because now it's not in Christ, it's in Scott. And you see how being in yourself can be terrible at its core. And I have learned that the end of my ambition is Christ. And that frees me from selfish ambitions. I'm hungry for more, satisfied with less. Hungry for more, satisfied with less. I am ambitious. You want to know what I'm ambitious for today? I am ambitious to know Christ in his fullness. I'm talking about full on, full on, every single day, full of Jesus. What does that look like 24-7? I am ambitious for you. Come on, say that's me. Scott's talking to me right now. I am ambitious for you to know the fullness of Jesus every single day. To live in that fullness and then to share that fullness with everybody you see. That's where my ambition is today. So let's read it again. Verse 13. What's the secret to being content? Up, down, good, bad. Humiliated, celebrated. What's the secret? I can do all things through in Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things in every scenario, whether it's good or bad. Why? Because I have the bank account to do it or I have the clout or influence. No, 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 no. Because I have Christ. That I am in Christ. And in Him, I can do all things. I'm never going to be a 100% free throw shooter. I can just tell you that. And so I can tell myself, and I can declare this promise over my free throw shooting, I can do all things through Christ all day long, but I'm probably never going to be a 100% free throw shooter. But it's not about that. It's about whether I'm up or whether I'm down. 
celebrated, humiliated. Can I walk through that and be okay with all of it? I can. And the secret is in Christ. In Christ. What a great promise today, guys, right? What a great promise. And seeing the whole context of that and how God moves and what happened in the life of Paul, isn't that so encouraging to your life that Paul says, listen, I'm not there yet. I have learned. It's been a process for me. Aren't you glad you're still in the process? Aren't you glad that you're still learning and growing in Jesus? So let's pray right now into this promise that it would be a part of our lives. So Jesus, we just come right now. We thank you for everything you provided for us, not just the cross, but the resurrection. We thank you today that we can be content in all scenarios. We thank you that we can do all things through you and in you because you give us strength. We thank you today that our joy is not predicated upon any other thing other than you. And when that's the case, Lord, then the enemy cannot touch us. We are beyond the reach of the enemy. Lord, I pray for my friends today. I pray for all those that are watching this and listening to this. I pray, God, that they would, they would just lock into this secret. That they would hone in and lean in to this secret. And learn today, that we have all learned today, that whether up or down, I can be content. I can be content. Good or bad, I can be content because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed, or maybe you have said, you know what, I'm all in, Jesus. Like, I am all in for Jesus. Or today, you're like, man, Scott, I've been so discontent. Man, this has brought me back to center. Would you please let us know? MediaHub at thpshreveport.com. Let us know what prayer prayer you prayed. Let us know if you received Christ in your life today. Let us know if the Holy Spirit filled you fresh and new today. We'd like to know that. We'd like to celebrate with you, right? And, and we just like to give God praise and glorify God for what He's done in your life today. I love you guys. Thank you for welcoming me to wherever you are today. I love you guys.